Entertainers. Entertainers? Explain the term. We put on a show. You understand? No. Our purpose is to amuse. Simply to amuse. out over it we've got a podcast hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of podcastica a doctor who review podcast here on notlg.com episode 189 carnival of monsters my name is john and joining me every time we take a cruise and then repeat the same day over and over again is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hey, how's it going? It's it's going okay. Yeah. It's going all right. Had had a bit of a day yesterday, but slept for a very long time and feeling a lot better today. So that's good. Sleep is always the great reset button. Yeah, it was it was weird because I I'll just peek behind the curtain everyone. I'm usually up to like 3. Yeah. Cuz I'm a maniac and I'm playing video games. Um <laughs> And also, just because as much as I do love my Rodecaster Pro setup here, the transfer in which I have to send the file from my mixer to my laptop takes an incredibly long time. Um, so, and I get that over to Taylor as soon as it's done. So, uh, you know, it's an excuse to be up late, I guess. Sure. But, um, yeah, you know, I've been staying up pretty late, and I think it finally caught up to me yesterday, and I, I slept for a very long time. Wow. I went to bed at, like, 11, which is insane for me. Yeah. It's an insane time for me. But uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, things are going all right here. There's a spot of weather kind of blowing through. I heard it was raining. Uh, North of here, yes. Mm. It hasn't quite gotten to us. It's... It's it's windy, it's cool, and it's cloudy now, um, but most of the day it was actually rather nice. Good. Got Good. out to uh, tinker in the bus a little bit, and uh, I don't know, I'm getting a little frustrated with the radio I have installed there. Mm. Because, yeah, just wiring. I kind of hear that. I always remember when I would put a new radio in my Pontiac Bonneville, it would be a hassle. It's, you know... This is not so much a hassle. It is getting it set up in a way because I had it wired into the uh, same fuse as the brake light circuit. Mm. So I'd go for a drive listening to music. I'd hit the brakes and the the sound would drop out. Oh no! For a moment, and I'm like, okay, it's it's like overloading the circuit basically, and and the radio is like, I can't do this. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, that was that was kind of dumb. Why did I wire it up on? Oh, because it's a key on. Right. You know, because it's not a constant hot. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to move it to a constant hot, and then I'm going to put a, a switch on the ground. And then that way, boom, I can just hit the switch, and it's on. Oh, nice. It didn't work that way. Oh, no. There's a, there's a, a chassis ground. Literally, the body of the radio is grounded. So no matter what I did with the switch, it was just like, here, I'm on. Your, your clock is now measuring time. Oh, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just leave it that way for a little while and see see if it drains the battery or anything. And then I went out later, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to check something, and I 
disconnected the battery, of course. That's the smart thing to do. And I start pulling the radio out, and it's it's warm. Oh, no. Like, it's not hot. Right. But it's warm, and I'm like, I'm not okay with this. Yeah, that's I'm not. Like, I need to figure something else out. And I got to a point, and I, just, I was just plumb frustrated. And I'm like, okay, I'm either going to put the, the, the hot lead to switch, which isn't ideal. Yeah. Um, or I'm just going to take the whole flipping thing out for now. It's not like I'm driving it every day or anything, but it's just like, like, you know, I'm like, I'll tackle this tomorrow. Yeah. It's getting too cold and windy now. Um, but a minor frustration in the grand scheme of everything else. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Taylor. Well, b- before we get to who knows, uh, what yeah. is making us happy this week? Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah. All right. Two words. Gravity Falls. Oh, yes. So have you? I mean, oh, God. I'm so I've excited. Oh, I'm I've so excited. I have never seen oh. it. So and, and and I'm a little bummed that I'm not necessarily seeing every single episode because sometimes the kids will watch a show and I'll be in here doing work or whatever. But obviously, when the show first came out, my kids were really young and I'm like, yeah. OK, this looks really cool. But it also looks a little weird and maybe a little too scary for them. Uh-huh. Like they're not ready for this yet. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned before how we now have Disney Plus. Yes. Kids have been burning through series like Star versus the Forces of Evil, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, they've burned their way through DuckTales. And I come out from doing dishes Saturday evening and they're watching Gravity Falls. <laughs> you know, wife's sitting there with them watching it. And I was like, oh, my God, finally. Oh, I get to see this too. Oh, this is so cool. And and totally getting sucked into it. And we we literally just before wrapping up tonight and being like, okay, it's time to read stories and wind down and go to bed. We just got to the point where Phil Cypher's been introduced. Ooh. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Dude, that show How is show. It is so amazing. And I'm very I'm very glad that you have have gone on this journey. It is it's it's such a special show. It's one of my favorite yeah. favorite shows. I and I know I know you've you've always been very big into it. If if anything, it has shown me just how much of an absolute crush I have on Kristen Schaal. <laughs> I have discovered this. I'm like, hmm, yes, yeah, yes, uh huh. She's yep. great. She is fantastic. <laughs> Hilarious. And Hilarious. I mean, Grunkle Stan is one oh of my, my favorite characters. Yeah. It's just so so good. Like literally the last thing we ended on this evening as they are running around Grunkle Stan's mind trying to save the day yes. is like what's hidden behind the top secret and it's Grunkle Stan making his belly talk and like eat a cracker. Yes. And I'm like, okay, kids, now that we've made it to that terrifying image, it's time to turn off the TV. <laughs> and they were like, that's okay. This is weird. I'm like, yep. That's great. It's, it um, it's such... Have you only two seasons? Yeah, but you know what they do? They wrap. Uh, I think that is the story that the creator wanted to tell. Yes. So it is. Yes, it's wrapped up. It's, Don't yeah. worry about that. I I love that the main characters are from here in the Bay Area. They're from Piedmont. Yes. That's crazy. Like, yeah. What? What? It's nuts. And Gravity Falls, I think, is supposed to be somewhere in Oregon. Yes. I believe. Yeah. And there's actually, um, I think, somewhere in around where Gravity Falls is supposed to be, there is a Bill Cipher statue. Oh, I've heard about yeah. that. 
Yes. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, very cool. I would love to go visit that. But heck yeah. Yes, great show. Um, gets even weirder. I th- have you seen the time travel one yet? Episode. The time travel episode. Um, I'm trying to. Yes. Oh, yes. This is the one with the county fair. Yes. And, That's where and, you meet uh, Waddles. Yes, yes. This is where you meet Waddles. Exactly. Yes. Yes. If you. The 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 best part about that is in the episodes prior to that you can see him in the background. Oh, really? When he's you know when he I think he's actually trying to go around in their past to get I can't remember exactly, but he's in those episodes. He's in every single episode. Oh my god! That's yeah, genius. it's it's genius. such a great show. And if you y'all have not seen Gravity Falls, definitely check it out. It is yes. the continuity is also great. Just and the mystery of it. Uh, such a That's, great show. Love it. Perfectly done. Oh, yeah. What about you, John? <laughs> I mean, what, that, what is- that makes me pretty happy. I'll say well, that. Good. But good. Uh, on Friday, I got to do a interview for that hashtag show for a online expo. I believe it was called the Virtual Pop Expo. Okay. Uh, and I did a panel with my friend Jimmy, who also does uh, THS Wrestling, which is that hashtag show, mm-hmm. with me. Um, and we got to interview uh, Noelle Foley, who is the daughter of Mick Foley, and she is also a, a social media influencer and a huge wrestling fan. We got to interview Mike Rome as well. He was on the panel. He is a WWE uh, ring announcer and also a huge nerd. And we got to interview Drew Gulak, who is a wrestler from one of my favorite promotions, Chikara. And just in general, he he's in WWE now. And we got to interview one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Johnny Gargano. Um, so it was a treat. It was very cool. We just talked about nerdy stuff. Um, and it was great. It was very, very fun. It's up on YouTube. On It's like YouTube.com slash that hashtag show. And it was cool. fun. That was my Friday, and it was it was a good time. That's awesome. Talked about nerdy stuff. Um, w- we asked them what their favorite like piece of memorabilia was that they had, like their their go to, like look at this. And Gargano had mint in box with a Toys R Us tag. What on it? Um, the Turtle Com. Oh my god! The Ninja Turtle <laughs> communicator, the shell That's that crazy. was like a shell. Yeah. Um and. Drew Gulak had a a. Do you remember Wienerville? Wienerville. That might have been. I know you guys talked about Nickelodeon stuff on If Memory Serves. Yeah. That might have been a little after your time. That sounds a little. Familiar. With Mark Wiener, Wienerville with Mark Wiener. Uh, he Ooh. went on. He did a tour, like you know, they do the stadium tours and they do the shows. Yeah. Uh, he had a shirt that was. I don't know how. It was in like mint condition, and it was signed by Mark Wiener, and everyone on the panel went absolutely crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, that was a lot of fun. That was it was a super cool time. Um, yeah, very cool. That's that made me happy this week for sure. I bet. All right, so let's get to the who news, and if I may, Taylor, please. I'm gonna. There was a thread by. Um, I believe his name was the 66. Oh, no, I'm forgetting it. The 66 Ramblers? Thank you. The 66 Ramblers. And I can't remember uh, who is Kieran Hyman. 
Um, yes. I'm trying to remember what the context of it was, and it's actually still appears to be an ongoing thread. Good God. Uh, which is great. And I think one, he just said, like, what's your favorite almost happened who idea? Yeah. I believe. And the thread is endless. And he mentioned something about, I wish we had gotten that animated version of Marco Polo from Disney. And someone went, what? And then he pulled up this article, which I will read from right now. When Michael Eisner became CEO in 1984, he was actively looking to purchase franchises like the Muppets. Disney made several attempts to buy the rights to Doctor Who franchise and its video library. At one point, it looked like the deal might finally be made just as the show went into indefinitely long hiatus in 1989. Oh, now, God. if that was not enough, you're like, holy crap, uh, they could have owned the Muppets and Doctor Who? That's nuts. But wait, there's more. Eisner was looking for something to revitalize Tomorrowland. Uh, plans were made, were drawn up for a walkthrough attraction at Disneyland's Tomorrowland that would have taken guests through the inside of the TARDIS. They would have entered through the phone booth and found themselves in a much larger show building. And just as in the television show, the interior was much larger than the exterior. Oh, my God. Gosh. The show building was also to include some type of dark ride that would have taken guests through an adventure in time and space. So I assume this would have been where they have all the Star Wars stuff. If if people are familiar with Disneyland, there's a building where you can meet. I think it's like Kylo Ren and Chewbacca and everybody now, and there's a lots of memorabilia in there. But it used to be something else way back when, but I can't remember what. It's right next to... Pizza Planet, which is right next to Space Mountain. So over in that area is what this sounds like where they would have built this. Uh, the show building would have also included some sort of dark ride, which I mentioned already. Uh, there were discussions about Disney making a film based on the franchise with an elaborate official announcement of the new Doctor to be made at a special press conference in Tomorrowland. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, depending on who you ask, <laughs> negotiations stalled and Disney, you know, they just uh, partnered with George Lucas for Star Tours. No big deal. <laughs> so this is insane. And there is, Taylor, you sent me today, which was another, wait, what? Uh, Tom Baker, as the doctor, apparently did some Disney promos. Yeah, like 1975 or something like which that. Which is crazy. I had yeah. never seen this, and you sent it over, and it's like, oh, if you think that's strange, wait till you see bed knobs and broomsticks or something like that. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? Maybe uh, maybe I will grab one or two of those to put at the beginning of uh, next week's episode. Yes, why not? So... <laughs> We found these, I'm like, I found this whole thread very interesting and a nice little rabbit hole to dive down. And I think, I guess I'll leave it to you, the listener. I think we're, we're eventually going to do this, but would you be interested in an episode of Podcastica where I just go through this list with Taylor and we go, how crazy would this have been? And if we thought it would have been better than what actually had happened. There seriously, there is an alternate universe out there where Star Tours didn't happen. And Doctor Who became a Disney property in the 80s. A Disney property. Jesus. Which 
would have changed everything. There would have no, been we, no. We have. There would have been no TV movie. No. There would have been no. I mean, dare I say, there would have been no new adventure books. True. There would have been no big finish. Probably. Wow. So see that that's something I think would be it would just be a fun kind of as as um last podcast on the left puts it a relax fit episode. There you go. Where we that's could exactly just right. uh you know talk about crazy stuff. So let us know. We're we're eventually going to do it, but if it's something you're like do it in 3 weeks, then we'll okay, we'll we'll do it sooner than later. <laughs> but now on to the who news. Indeed, yeah. Uh, since we last recorded, uh, there was a lockdown who of uh, the girl in the fireplace, and um, and there's even been another one since then. Uh, yes, the Zygon two-parter uh, from Capaldi's era. And and okay, there you go. Well, if you missed it, you missed it. That's okay. <laughs> there's going to be another one coming up. We'll get to that. Um, but Stephen Moffat created an epilogue for Madame Pompadour. And you can see it by going to the link in the show notes. Absolutely. Check it out. I'm so I'm so behind on so many things. I know. I, I haven't seen it nor a few things before that. <laughs> um, there's a lot. Yeah, there is a whole lot. Um, there's a whole, whole lot. And I'm looking for a, a synopsis of what happens in there. And there isn't one. So, well, there you go. Uh, oh, well. Go and watch it. Go and watch it. Yeah, give go it, check it out. Give it clicks. Um, not only that. But um, fans, as, as we all are, are wont to do, um, have started recreating their favorite moments from Doctor Who during lockdown. And so they are um, sharing them. They are putting them online. There is a compilation video of homemade Who uh, that you can get to uh, through our link, which goes to Doctor Who News. Uh, dot net and get to the uh the video but due to its success i read here the project has been extended for another month if you want to take part oh great they have a link to all the details very cool yep and i have no costumes or anything so i wouldn't be able to pull anything off very well i know you guys might be able to <laughs> uh, <laughs> now you and i when we record we don't use zoom no we do not nope. um i know that my kids teachers do i know that uh amber and her teaching she uses zoom i know a lot of people use zoom um and one of the great things you can do is update your background yes well bbc has actually released an archive of uh photos of empty sets from their shows so you can spice up your zoom calls uh, so you can do it from a TARDIS. Uh, you can do it from, you know, an EastEnders background. Okay. Uh, you could, they've got a link uh, where you can get any number of sets. If you are a big uh, Blackadder fan, uh, you can get backgrounds from that. Um, I, I, I just I think that's a really neat idea. Yeah, it is cool, but it's such a bummer because the the computer I would use Zoom on, which is my MacBook Air, apparently the processor is not strong enough to have backgrounds. Like it won't even let me. Oh, sure. Yeah, it, which is a bummer. But oh well. That is a bummer. Oh well. Um, you know, <clears throat> honestly, the the service that we use for this, I used with my folks on Sunday to wish them a happy Mother's Day. Oh, and it worked. And it worked great. Great. 
it worked fantastic um so yeah i like what we've got and i'm not naming it for reasons because i don't want everybody else using it (laughs) taking a bandwidth because it works really well for us yes it does you know what else i've heard since we're just saying that i have heard skype has apparently gotten worlds better really well that's good for them good for them i think uh until this is not broke we won't try to fix it by using a different program yeah, no, I, I honestly, I, I think we're doing pretty good. Yes. Pretty happy with it. Um, and we will end with some really good news uh, this evening. This is actually um, an older news story that had fallen through the cracks. Um, but as of right now, planning for season 13 of Doctor Who does remain on schedule. Um, they are yeah. not anticipating at the moment any setbacks Everybody is writing and planning and doing all that stuff that they can do while still sheltering in place. I mean, you almost think, oh, oh man, when did they say they were going into production, pre-production? Um, I believe pre-production was supposed to be June with filming by September. I think so. I think that sounds about right. filming by June? I don't remember now, but I think that's what it was. I want, I, yeah, I don't think I, I would have to, I would have to double check here. But, I mean, if you think about it, since everybody is, you know, kind of on lockdown, they probably have more time to do whatever script writing or anything like mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, they could be even ahead of schedule. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Chibnall probably does. Yes, he probably does. Uh, and so the next lockdown who is going to be the fires of Pompeii. It's going to be happening Sunday, May 17th. Uh, it starts at 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. That's uh, 8 p.m. British Summertime. Uh, I'm sorry, no, 7 p.m. British Summertime. Look at that. I apologize. Um, and the hashtag is Volcano Day. Got You got Capaldi and you got Mr. Tenet. Yep. And wait. And Karen Gillan. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. And 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 you've got our Donna Noble. I yes. Mean, it's... it's jam-packed yeah totally jam-packed <laughs> all right so this week we watched carnival of monsters starring john pertwee as the doctor katie manning as joe grant leslie dwyer as vorg vorg uh cheryl hall as uh sherna 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 ian martyr as john andrews and peter halliday as peltrek it was written by robert holmes and directed by barry letts it first aired from January 27th through February 17th, 1973, and it is the second story of season 10. And as always, oh boy, we got a slew of story notes from the fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia. Yep. And and before I dive into those notes, I, I it's funny, after doing The Enemy of the World last week, yes. and I was putting the notes together for this one, it is almost exactly five years like to the weeks after the enemy of the world oh wow really yes yeah because enemy of the world aired from like just before new year's 67 into early january of 68 Mm -hmm. so this is now later january to february so it's it's almost i mean it's five years and a handful of weeks oh but but think about that enemy of the world an amazing story and five years later, we have Carnival of Monsters. <laughs> this is the first 
story to see the third doctor free from his exile because it takes place right after the three doctors. Yeah. Which is crazy. It is crazy. This comes on the heel of the three doctors. Yes. Um, Oh boy. Yeah. Barry Letts, who uh, we may remember from last week's episode, uh, he chose to direct this story himself as his contract permitted him to do so with one story per year. Mm. Uh, because he was producing Doctor Who at this point. Yes. Um, so now, here you go, Barry. You can pick one story a year and direct it, something he had previously done with The Terror of the Autons. Mm-hmm. Now, we love an original title. We love a working title for our stories. Originally titled Peep Show. Nope. <laughs> right? Wow. Uh, they took... Uh, Borg's line from Cardinal of Monsters to be a better name, despite Robert Holmes's preference. Uh, Robert Holmes wrote the story. Yeah. Uh, there was concern that the name Peep Show might convey the wrong impression. Oh, you don't Great. say. No. <laughs> You're kidding me. Um, we, with Sherna dolled up all the way that she is. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that outfit. We'll get to that. Yes. <clears throat> a lot of editing was done to this story in order to thin it down to a workable running time. Surprise, surprise. Uh, this resulted in the cliffhanger for part three being changed completely. I was originally intended to show the doctor plummeting a parent to his death. This sequence was cut and replaced with him walking sort of staggering. <laughs> out of the yes. Huh. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. This next one, I this one I had no idea about until I read it. At one point, Cheryl Hall, who plays Sherna, had been shortlisted for the part of the Doctor's companion, Joe Grant. Really? To Katie Manning. Interesting. So we could have had Joe Grant played by Cheryl Hall. Wow. Yeah. That would have been crazy. Yeah. That, that would have been that, that's different. Yeah. Know? But it's funny how close some of these roles come. Um, this is the first story to feature the term Tellurian to mean human being. Um, funny fact, Tellurian a real word mm. uh, this isn't a sci-fi made-up word this is a i literally looked it up on a couple of different dictionary sites it stems from the 1840s 1850s and it literally is a word that means inhabitant of earth oh interesting so we are all tellurians there we go uh so now this term has appeared in other stories written by robert holmes such as our favorite yeah two doctors, two doctors. Um, fun fact, Katie Manning provided the noises of the chickens oh my that we see in episode one. That's funny. <laughs> so not, not only is she a fantastic person, a great actress, but she also does a damn good chicken impression. Yeah, apparently. Ah, we need her back at a Gallifrey one to talk about this. I know, right? Katie, can you, can you do a chicken impersonation? <laughs> um, and it's worth noting if you are at home listening and going, gosh, why does miniscope sound so familiar? Well, the 12th Doctor uh, later suspected that he might be inside a miniscope in the very first episode. I did. Yes. Robots of Sherwood. <laughs> oh, the spoon. Yes. <laughs> spoon. Back when we were still trying to figure Capaldi out. Oh, man. Yeah. Back in the day. Um, I will say, like, I mean, I, I can't believe the only alternate title to this was Peep Show. I mean, yeah. like... Inside the miniscope could have been a title, not great, but I think Carnival of Monsters is a good title, but I, like it. I mean, doesn't really. Anyway, before we get into all of this, <laughs> we 
we have a world-famous synopsis. So, Taylor, take it away. Indeed, hot off the heels of his venture with his prior two selves, the Doctor, along with Joe, land on the SS Bernice, not Metabulous Three, I promise you, <laughs> in 1926, well, sort of. The answer turns out to be far more bizarre as we meet Harry Sullivan's doppelganger, some drashigs, we journey to the center of the miniscope. There's a title. For there you that. go. And we get taken for a ride on the Carnival of Monsters. Oh, boy. Um, Taylor, overall feelings on this. I I think when I was coming into the studio here at Pincroft Loft, pincroftloft.com, and I was trying to figure out what my overall feelings of this was, I think it was, it was good, but... At, there were some points that didn't keep my interest. I think that's, that's where I'm at with this right now. That's fair. I, I will agree with that. It was good. Uh, it wasn't amazing. It was fairly fun. Yes. Um, the whole miniscope concept, breaking out of it, you know, and, and kind of like running between worlds and inside the circuitry and all that. It's a neat concept. Yes. Um, and at the same time, like I said earlier, Look what, what five years has gotten us. <laughs> We've gone from Enemy of the World yes. to Carnival of Monsters. Yes, a Carnival of Monsters. I think right off the top here, I want to talk about our... I mean, it's a tale of two stories, basically. We're on this ship. The Doctor, as we said, finally gets control of the TARDIS. It is, you know, bestowed upon him... By the illustrious Time Lords, the High Council, these jerks. Anyway, I was talking about uh, Two's regeneration today, and I got very upset. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> one, that is a daunting thing that we have to, at some point. Yeah, I have a feeling that that will get broken into a couple of episodes. That has to be like 40 I, episodes at least. I, whoa, it's War Games? I mean, it's just, it's 10 episodes. No, I'm right? saying I was exaggerating on how many episodes we would oh, have to do. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, we could do five and five. It could be a two-parter. Yeah, it could be a two-parter for sure. Next week, War... No, I'm just kidding. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he gets, you know, he knows how to fly the TARDIS. And, well, I'm sorry. He doesn't steer the TARDIS. He programs it. <laughs> My bad, Doctor. And... You know, he thinks he's in one place. It turns out he's in another, but then it turns out that he's actually not in that place either. Uh, we're kind of in a time loop in a miniscope. Yes. Which is very interesting because, I mean, at first, you're kind of just like, oh, he got, oh, he got it wrong because he doesn't r fully know how to run the TARDIS. And now there's a giant monster outside. Okay. But and then when they re-meet the people and it's the same exact scene, it's kind of a a little head scratcher for sure. Yeah. And I don't even I don't even think they realize, oh, when they're down below, they see that little hatch and they're like, this is strange. Mm -hmm. So that's when they start to figure it out. And but we're also spending time outside of the ship and we are I just called them the space carnies. Yeah. That's fair. Which we're we're on another we're on another planet, mm -hmm. and first of all, uh, the first two visuals we we see are fantastic. We see a spaceship <laughs> landing, which I really enjoyed, mm -hmm. and I thought we were off. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be so great. I'm gonna have such a good time with this story. And there's 
there's another set piece at the very beginning. I, I also put pictures in our notes. So you, now yeah. I don't know why it took me almost 200 episodes to think to do this, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's very smart. It helps me. Yeah. I was just like, I can't believe I just, I just thought of this now, like today. It's bad, guys. It's but bad. you learn, you learn something new every day, or you learn something new. One hundred and eighty-nine episodes into a show. <laughs> so, I, I mean, the green screen looked pretty harsh on this planet, but we are met by, I believe, it's Calic and the the other um, interminorians, which is such a weird name. I guess I, I don't know. Points for looking it up and actually caring about it. <laughs> I was like, I need to know because there's more than one of them. And there there appear to be, I guess, um, less evolved. They are called, and I wrote it down, they are the shoot, where, uh, functionaries. The functionaries who... The functionaries and their terrible, terrible face masks oh man they uh yeah they did not this was not great on the art department side i mean you know what they were probably like just look at this monster we made we don't care about anything else well look let's be honest the 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 interminorians it's it's almost like they they made half an effort to paint their skin yes like the eyes are very um well you know the other thing like we don't know that paint could be very irritating it wouldn't surprise me one bit, but there's a few times in 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 the story where you know you kind of like look down at a, at a collar line. Yes, and you can see it's like okay, they only painted to about there. Yeah, it's fun. Some skin. Yeah, know? it's funny because like there are a lot of like close up shots that give away a lot of things. Yep. Like at the end when he's doing the shell game, and you can <laughs> just clearly tell it's a piece of cardboard that's spray painted. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's not metal. Well, yeah, no, and and even the um, like pretty much all the interminorians have more or less the same. Oh yeah, oh yes, and the same eyebrows and the same everything. Same outfit, and all silver. Could, well, yes, it's you, one thing you do not hear on this planet. Hey, man, what are you going to wear tomorrow? <laughs> Very uh, true. Yeah. So, but again, it's I don't know if it is a function of the choice of skin color that they chose to paint these people. And then obviously the rest of the stuff they had to have affixed to their faces. But I feel like you can very clearly tell that this stuff has all just been like hastily pasted on. Yes. So the story with the inter uh, minorians is that Calic is a commissioner. His brother is a president. And like, I, I, I think for me, Taylor, halfway through episode two, I went, who's the villain here? That's a good question. Because, I mean, in the TARDIS Wikia article, it says that Kallik is the villain. And, I mean, up until he's like, oh, I can release this monster onto my brother and then question mark. And then the next step is profit. I don't know. Like, he really didn't think he didn't really think it through. But. I mean, up until then, he's just like, hey, space carnies, you can't be here. And they're like, yeah. oh, uh, our bad. So basically, they land on this planet, I assume illegally, our space carnies, as I am I am calling them. And they do have names. Uh, yes. Their names are, uh, z- z- oh, my goodness. Oh, Vorg. Yes, Vorg. I almost said Zorg, which is not true. 
No, because you're thinking of President Zarb. Yes. So so Vorg and and Sherna and they are man. I think I could talk about their outfits for at least sixteen hours. Well, let's let's put it this way. Literally, the only reason I picked this episode was because I wanted to see the story behind why they have these utterly bonkers outfits, why they look like they are intergalactic 70s swingers. Yeah, and Taylor, I think this was actually why I started taking pictures because I, I wanted to talk about their costume designs. And it is, I don't eat, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a choice, that's for sure. Vorg is wearing like a a greenish, almost armyish kind of jacket that has and I correct me if I'm wrong, they are they are like little plastic donut shaped rings. They 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 remind me of multicolored uh uh pineapple ring slices. There you go. But it also looked and I don't know if this was just the lighting, it almost looked like they were glow lights. Um, you know what? I don't know about that. I think they may have just been very fluorescent. That would, I mean, if they were glow lights, uh, I think that one would have been cool. Two would have been a nightmare because they would have had to replace them over time. Um, but I mean, it looks absolutely insane. He's wearing like orange genie pants and silver boots and a vest that is green and magenta. He, it's just, and he has a bow tie that's gray, I believe. But the topper, and I mean, I guess that's a pun for me, is his see-through bowler hat. Yes. Which is just... Clear plastic bowler. Yeah. I don't even know what's going on with that. And then we we go over to, uh, to Shirna, and she's wearing... She has... She almost looks like she's she was going to do some green screen or some mocap. <laughs> with all the little, like... Yeah, she has a bunch of like outfit. little multicolored balls all over her outfit. She also has them in her in in her hair, in like a like a I don't even know what it is like. And she's wearing gr- like gr- these green knee high boots. Yep, and these long pink gloves, and it's just man, it's just a mess. The the funny thing is that all the colors that Shern is wearing that that bright green the pink the the kind of pale blue these were all very very popular colors in the late eighties when it came to like surfwear right like those pastels were really big now she she looks more like she was trying to get on the cast of Rowan and Martin's Laughin oh wow in the sixties. And and just missed the cut ever so slightly. She looks like she could be go-go dancing and making jokes about uh, Richard Nixon. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And if if listeners don't know what Ronan Martin's laughing is, go look it up. It's hilarious. Also, uh, Vorg had an amazing mustache. Yes. My goodness. Quite the mustache. And he also had the, the, um, the bowler hat had like a green outline on the front of it and then it also had like on the on the brim or the rim of it it had mm-hmm. like gems as well it was yeah. it was it, a lot it was, these let's just let's just put it this way these outfits are legendary um for good reasons for bad reasons i'm not going to judge they are definitely legendary and i i expect 
to see this cosplay at some point. Yeah, I mean, this is Come on, somebody this, do it. Man, this is definitely something. But they are scoping go around at a con <laughs> that would be hilarious oh with a mini scope that would be so funny yes so the speaking of the mini scope so they they have this mini scope they have i believe illegally come to this planet or they came they they spent their last credits on this trip and this was yes. a stop they had to make before they could go to the next place very possibly and they have this mini scope and our Calic uh, and the rest of the inter minorians are like, uh, what is this? And I think they find out it's a miniscope and they go, uh, you can't have this here. I mean, we have to destroy it. We have to. Yeah, we, we have, have to destroy it. Eradicator. Yes, man. Oh, my Here's goodness. This this, 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 uh, this thing they use is amazing. Yeah. The eradicator detachment, I believe is what they call it. And they're trying to destroy it and it won't work cuz it's not organic matter. Um it's kind of working on what's happening on the inside, which we Yeah, like it just gets really really warm and sweaty or something. Both, I think it's both. Yeah. <laughs> and we come to find out that he won this this mini scope in a game, I assume. And he's just, you know, he's capturing things to put into it. And he, and it's really weird because he can control like the mood of people or things yes. inside oh, of it. Yes. Which is very strange. And I mean, I guess, you know, long story short or long story long, the doctor and Joe are actually in the mini scope. They have landed the TARDIS in there somehow. Yep. And that's where they are. So basically, we're on a time loop where the events around them just keep happening. And, um, yeah, this is kind of when Vorg does the demonstration, and he's like, hey, look at look at this. And this is that that's when he's like, I can change the mood. Yep. And it goes from, like, I'm like, oh, who are you, to I'm going to murder you, and the doctor has <laughs> to fight. He, like, fist fights uh, this gentleman and promptly yes. wins. Yeah, he like, they needed it. He did an action scene in this in this story, and they're like, "Well, what if it could do this?" Yeah, and then it, he goes, "Well, I can't do it for too long, or it'll ruin the specimens." So, <laughs> so we basically find out that Joe and the Doctor have been shrunken down. They are in this mini scope with these people who think it's a certain day, and it's the same day every day. Oh, but also there are monsters in this place, and they yeah, are called the dinosaur, the the Drashig. Oh, the Drashigs, yes, in a, in a separate uh, pen, a separate circuit, as they call it. Of yes. The miniscope. Um, the, God, the Drashigs. And the, wait, are the Drashigs, they are not separate from the monster we see, correct? The monster that we see on the SS Bernice is, is different? Is different. It's, it's a, well, they say it's a plesiosaur. Oh, it, at first it's a plesiosaur. And yes. then the Drashig come later. later. Yes, because they got it out of the Drashig circuit. Um, I just I feel like I need to confirm this. It's that it's definitely a plesiosaur. Yeah, he says plesiosaur, and I mean that's what they are saying in Tardis Wikia. Okay, so fine with it. I just apparently did not recognize it as something different. 
Well, and, and in all honesty, I mean, the Drashigs, you know, you look just at their head quickly and it, okay, yes, looks very dinosaur-like, except that they have like six eyes yes. on like little eye stalks that makes it go, oh, that's definitely not a dinosaur. I was just thinking, was I not paying enough attention? Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, yeah. uh, was I not? But then that would mean the doctor was not paying enough attention. Right. Right. And everyone right. else that was looking at it. So anyway, um, so yeah, we see the uh, the dinosaur, but we we get under this panel that's uh, every time the doctor and Joe are captured, they go down below and are told that the, the captain will see them when he has time. Yep. Every time. So they find this little like doorway thing or a little hatch and they open it up. And this is when they travel between uh, what did you what were they called again? The circuits circuits. They travel between the circuits. And this is where we find the Drashig. And I could talk about the Drashig for a very long time. I will say when we are first introduced to them, when one of them comes out of the marsh at in part two. Mm-hmm. like kind of de- like comes up and turns around. I was like, this is epic. I love everything about this. And yeah. the design of the Drashig is very interesting. We kind of went over it a little bit, kind of looks like a dinosaur slash slug slash mutant with six eyes. <laughs> yes. And I was, I was very frightened when I found out that it kind of like slithered like a snail I was like, "Oh, that's not great." <laughs> yeah, it 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 it's one of those things that when you first see it and all all the CSO that's done in this story, you're like, "Oh, it's 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 a hand puppet." Yes. You know, and then it does this, yeah, it does this very worm-like crawl. Um and you're like, "Ooh, okay. Okay, they're putting some they're putting some good effort into this." Yeah, that and I think that's really good to note is that I feel like they did put a lot of effort into the Drashig, like a whole lot of it. And I mean, you know, they're dealing with BBC budget and not great effects. And, you know, while all the green screen stuff from here on out looked pretty harsh, I was still in it because the Drashig looked so cool and also sounded very cool. Yes. It kind of sounded like they mixed a little bit of Godzilla with someone actually screaming. It sounded very cool. A a unique screech to it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, Drashig is like a green. The mouth also. Just the Drashig in general. I love the Drashig. (laughs) There was one shining star in this. It was the Drashig. And also Joe Grant with her skeleton keys. Yes. Which is so funny. He's like, oh, no, I, I can't use the sonic it doesn't work and she's like well how about my many keys i love that yeah and let's let's not forget that the drashig does an amazing job uh smashing through walls yes now i mean let's just get into it right now okay i've got all the machinery i need stand back it's time the Drashig scale this week, for sure. Now, the Drashig, I believe, does some pretty crazy smashing through at least two parts when they uh, when they are coming from their their little um, circuit, and then I think when they finally show up in the quote unquote real world, 
There are two great smashes here. Yep. Do we want to rate just the Drashig as a smasher in general? Uh... Or both ones? First one was very Kool-Aid Man-esque, I must say. Yes, it was. Which is always great. Yes, it definitely was. Uh, yes, why don't, we, why, don't we, why don't we take them separately? All right, so first one, Kool-Aid Smash, kind of don't see it coming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with an eight, just because that sounds that sounds about right to me. I, you know what, I would agree with that. Um, it, it definitely is a surprise. Didn't see it coming. Um, completely has Kool Aid Man vibes. Um, in fact, I'd love to go back and do a voiceover on it. Would, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That would be great. Right. Um, so yes, I, I think eight is a very good call on that one. Now, the second one, I believe, is when Calix's plan is to, you know, is we'll just bring it here and whatever, I guess. Um, <laughs> and it 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 comes there, and I believe it smashes through a wall and then ends up eating him. Yeah. Or just, you know, killing him. Either way. Um, I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it a solid seven. Element of surprise, not there. Was surprised he ate that guy, though. <laughs> but I'm going to go with a seven. Yeah, I, I, I think that's good. Seven, it, it doesn't quite get a seven and a half. I mean, there is that kind of, like, satisfaction of, yes. like, oh, dude gets his comeuppance kind of thing. But it's not yeah. quite enough to, to push that up a little higher. It's, yeah, I agree. But it's also weird. I mean, I guess let's circle back to Calic here because, like I said... They don't really seem evil. He's he's just, I mean, until he hatches the, I'm going to have this thing eat my brother. Right. And even then, it's like the plan isn't doesn't seem particularly evil enough for him to be like a, a horrible. I mean, the whole crew of them is very snooty, obviously. Oh, my gosh. The way that they keep talking. Oh, oh one is this. One is that. I. Yes. Oh. First episode and a half or so, okay, fine. That, that's how they talk a lot. By the time we get into episode three, I am I'm ready to murder this entire planet. <laughs> um, yeah. And then and then beyond that, yes, their their whole like political intrigue subplot, it 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 just it, it feels very flat. Yes. And and it doesn't have we never see President Zarb. No, we never do. Only, only ever talked about. Oh, and then uh, the video or the uh, cassette tape that uh, Vorg tries to pawn off on them when he's like, oh, yes, I have it from Zarb. And they're like, President Zarb? And he's like, sure. (laughs) Jeez, what a what a carny. What a carny. Well, he has said that he's worked many a Tellurian fair. So, yes. So very true. Yeah. I don't know, Taylor. I'm trying to think of think of really anything else that I was excited to to talk about. Oh, I do have something. But go ahead. I also have something. The so when we are in the circuit with the Drashig, yes, and the Doctor pulls out the Sonic. Oh yes, and he just goes. Beep beep, and then giant explosions of fire happen, and he yeah. seemingly lights the these drashigs on fire. Um, 
I at first I went, what in the world is happening? But exactly. then he does give the explanation that he tries to do it again. He goes, there must be not enough gas in the air. Right. And I go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what can the Sonic do? This is not <laughs> And I, I'm like, oh, it's igniting gas. Yes. I mean, that I was like, oh, at least there was some sort of sciencey explanation. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else I would have been like, so what? I need to I need to get that. Is there a, a TARDIS hand, or a sonic screwdriver handbook that I can look at? I need to know. Ugh. Yeah, it's man, it's something else. But um, let's let's take a moment to. Before I get to what I wanted to point out, um, let's take a moment to recognize the the excitement of the battle on the SS Bernice when you've got Drashigs, Tommy Guns, and Dynamite. Yes, dude. Okay, yeah. Tommy Guns, a plenty, and by a plenty, I mean one, but it was still yeah. cool. But it's more than our last story had, right? Very true. And I will also say I never thought I'd see the day when I would see someone toss a lit stick of dynamite underhand <laughs> that was so i went dude that's not great <laughs> is is it is it me or could we possibly say that it is the doctor's experience with uh harry sullivan's doppelganger in this story that causes the fourth doctor to constantly rag on harry for being such a dunderhead i mean maybe maybe that's how he remembers him look it's it's my head cannon. <laughs> I'm fine with it. It's it's but you know what and and the simple fact that he underhand or overhand he chucks this dynamite technically into the workings of the miniscope. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just throws it in there. Just throws it I, on in. That's not going to end well. No, not at all. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that was. I did like when when the doctor finally gets out of the miniscope and he's just reading everybody the riot act. Yes, I thought that was great. Totally. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, there was some good stuff in here, but not like anything else. I would be overly excited to to talk about that I can think of. Yeah, well, I've got one thing now. I don't know. Oh, I have another thing. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> if you uh, watched the story from the same source that I did, mm-hmm. uh, but the intro theme and the outro theme from just episode two was unbelievable. I watched it from not the source that we both have them from. I oh, I re-upped I re-upped my subscription to BritBox. Oh, good for you. Yes, Brit thank Box you. Is awesome. Brit we have a subscription as well, but sometimes it's easier for me to just watch it here while I'm having lunch. Yes, absolutely. Notes. Um, but I will say this: if you go back to the source that you and I both have, um, just just start running episode two. So episode two is diff. The theme and closing theme are different. The intro and outro theme is different it is the doctor who theme um but it is not the traditional arrangement that's strange did it is that and there's no notes about that anywhere you know what there might actually be and i didn't uh put them in there because i didn't realize that i had that version let me see if i can get down to it real quickly um 
I'm looking. I don't see anything off the. Shoot, I thought that there was, and I don't see it now. Of course, it's when I'm rushing and trying to find it. Um, bother. I thought there was. I will okay. s- I will say one of the other things that I had is... Um, oh, go ahead. Wait. Did you find it? Nope. Sorry. Sorry. In the myths section episode two as seen on the bbc video release of the story and as an extra on the special edition dvd release which is about four minutes longer than the one originally transmitted and features the abandoned delaware synthesizer arrangement mm. of the theme music is a specially extended version um interesting so what, what they're talking about is the myth is that uh episode two um uh, is a specially extended version, but it references this Delaware synthesizer arrangement. Um, so the episode two that you and I both have mm-hmm. um, has that. The episode two that BritBox and I'm sure other sources have does not. Interesting. So yeah, go and check it out. Very interesting. Now, another interesting note um, that we get a mention of Daleks in this. We do. We but, see a Cyberman for a moment. Yeah, we do see a Cyberman as well. And I think I read somewhere this was the only time memers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see if I can find this note because I did find it very interesting. I Because, you know, the Cyberman shows up and as being in the mini, the mini scope, which is just like, yes. oh, great. That's just like another thing we don't need. Um, but apparently where is it i saw this great note about how it was the only time technically the cyberman or the cybermen show up in a third doctor yes i believe that's correct and by by shows up it's just like he has no interaction with them mm-hmm. but it is the it is the first time um uh, it's the first time a Cyberman should. There we go. The third Doctor would truly not be pitted against the Cybermen on screen until the five Doctors. Okay. Yep. There it is. It's the first and only televised third Doctor era story to feature a real appearance of a Cyberman. There it is. Guys, we got there. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought that was interesting too, but I mean, not a lot, not a lot uh, left for me to note, I think. Um, yeah, let me, yeah, that's, yeah, pretty. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was fine episode, but. It was, it was, I I did, I went back because I had a note about um, the ending of the first episode being like, holy crap, amazing, and I by now had forgotten what it was, so right before you hopped online, I was like, oh, let me bring that up real quick. And of course, it's Vorg's hand coming in. To pick oh up the yes, because that's the and, cliffhanger, right? Is it tr- in it? In it, as as you know, the Doctor's going into the TARDIS to get something, and Joe's like, "Look, can we just get out of here?" I yes. noticed she is literally wearing like a ring on every single finger. <laughs> My God, woman, you have a lot of jewelry. That's great. Yeah. So that was that. There. That's my last observation there you go there 
you go. Well, there's only there's only one thing left to do before we bring to you what we will be talking about next week. So here we go. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the scale. <laughs> All right, Taylor, what are you what are you thinking here? Uh, you know what? I, I can literally vouch for this uh, because uh, my kiddo was uh, in here today kind of watching part of an episode over my shoulder as I was taking notes. This is not even remotely scary. It is more silly than it is anything. Wow. But it would be really fun uh, to watch the kids realize what that, you know, that they're stuck in a miniscope. Yes. Oh. And kind of go, oh, wait a second, they're crawling around inside that machine, aren't they? <laughs> that would be fun to watch. Well, but, there you go. Yeah, honestly, some of the cartoons they're watching these days are scarier than this episode, so... All right. There you go. Okay, so, next time. And this was picked by me because I saw a friend of the show and just friend in general, Mike, tweet about this. Uh, So, next week, we are going to be watching Terror of the Zygons, starring Tom Baker as the Doctor, Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith, Ian Martyr as... Harry Sullivan, and Nicholas Courtney as The Brig. It was directed by Douglas Camfield and written by Robert Banks Stewart. So there you go. Uh, Loch Ness. We're going to Loch Ness. Excellent. I'm excited. I am excited. So uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter. At Blue Box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and also Spotify. Just search Podcastica and look for the cartoon versions of us coming out of a TARDIS. Rate and review us as well. Uh, and you can also head on over to SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Uh, the message remains the same, people. I know things are starting to open up, but that doesn't mean we are back to normal yet. So patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G if you so desire, but also support your local and independent, let's go, bookstores, comic book stores, um, restaurants, and just your friends who are artists who, you know, live off their art. Support them. Yep. And I think that's that's the message we will leave you with again this week and continue to leave you with. Until everything is quote unquote back to normal. Whatever that will look like. Whatever that will look like, yes. So, thanks for joining us this week, and make sure you join us again next time for Terror of the Zygons, and we'll see you then. See ya. Yeah, we do see a Cyberman as well, and I think I read somewhere this was the only time memers.